to another edition Love of Talk Radio. Glorious Hebrew secrets and recipes. All is privileged and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion Come 
Greetings, greetings, greetings. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Once again, this opportunity for us to come together in this shared circle, this shared sacred space where we can connect virtually, remotely, wherever we are in the world, and, and create just what we want, just what we need in this most present moment in time space. Uh, I indeed acknowledge the most high and the creator for which without them we wouldn't be here. There would be no planet. There would be no earth. There would be no humanity without indeed the great creator. And depending on your ethnicity, depending on your geography, we, we call it by many names, Olajumare, Mavo, Nisa, God, if you will. We call it by many names, the goddess, if you will. And, and we so we acknowledge and we show great reverence to the creator of all things. We acknowledge the forces that control the moment, the day, the season. We acknowledge the east, the west, the north, the south. We acknowledge, indeed, the ancestors, the ascended ancestors, and all those who went before us, who go before us, who have laid a foundation upon which we now can all stand. It is, indeed, the shoulders of the ancestors that I anchor upon. It is, indeed, the shoulders of the ancestors that we build upon, literally and figuratively. This ain't just... Voodoo. This ain't just voodoo. Science now confirms that ancestral memory survives the blood, survives in the DNA. So our ancestors are forever with us, forever present, I, I say, and give thanks. Divine all greetings and salutations to each and every one of you, individually and collectively, this Monday, September 28th. 2020, you are now listening live to the Divine Friends. Dan Hefferson, spiritualist, practitioner, author, advisor, Elagoon, Olaye, Huzu, Obeya, Okura, sharing with you an often spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic, from a plant African Huzu world, spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test in one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. It is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my being, my walk, my work, and my demonstration while here on Mother Father Earth. And it is indeed my personal place of power and understanding. The place from where I began, the place from where I end, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors. Understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny 
and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all blessed reality. And so it is. I say. Again, I welcome you here today in this live moment in time space. And indeed, of course, I greet you and acknowledge you in archive at your leisure, at your comfort, always at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash hyphen, I'm sorry, forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. And, of course, you can also find me in archive by way of www.youtube.com, Voodoo Todd. Be like Victor, O-O-D-O-O-T like Tom, Y-E. Sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from this Pan-African world spiritualist perspective. Today in the ritual calendar of things, the moon cycle that we follow in the Voodoo atmosphere, in the Voodoo hemisphere, we acknowledge, of course, the king of the white cloth. We acknowledge our ancestors. We acknowledge that great and mighty, mysterious, and often misunderstood power of women. The year of the Kaudiyah. And of course, we acknowledge always in this present time, in this present season, who indeed is the antidote. Not the creator, the bringer of chaos, but indeed the antidote, the fixer, the preserver, the blessing, the medicine the healing. I'm always grateful for any opportunity to get up, to breathe, to acknowledge my head, to acknowledge the sun, to acknowledge a new day and a new opportunity to be co-creator with the divine, to be co-creator with the ancestors. And I'm humbled when I receive feedback, constructive feedback, Honest, open, direct feedback about where I can grow and where the ministry can grow and where the process that we are stepping into, many of us, how we can grow that, expand that without altering, without attempting to tamper with, without attempting to change what would otherwise be tradition. Indeed, there are protocols that I acknowledge each and every day in this space, known and unknown to you, things that I don't say, things that I don't reach, things that I don't go into, things that I delicately handle to appease all the different levels of feeling that hover out there in the world from this group or that group, this organization or that organization, this way of doing things like that. And I'm often reminded by my godchildren. I'm often reminded by my clients. I'm often reminded by my mom and by my sister, Rupani, and, and, and by my, my partner, Denise Augustine, about where I can grow. And we as a community 
as individuals and then as a community. Because see, when we say community, it makes it too easy for us to put it out here, out here in the atmosphere, and not personalize it. We live in a society, particularly this present moment, people don't like to personalize things. People don't like to take responsibility for it. People don't like to give an outward and open, overt opinion about it. And so we like to take, you know, the middle ground, the politically correct path. And so over the years, I'm guilty of appeasing to some degree the protocol and the rules and the morality of some of these traditions. And still, I'm, I'm, I'm faulted for either giving too much or giving it at all, or not having anything to give, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and so I ultimately have to do what's in the interest of fulfillment of my own journey. I create and co-create my destiny. I create and co-create my reality. And that reality still remains as it has been since the first time I appeared in this space. The revolutionary revival of Hoodoo, of Hoodoo, of ATR, and particularly, particularly within our community, that which otherwise has been hard to us, limited to us, made difficult for us, requires a passport, requires tens of thousands of dollars, requires navigating the, the, the politics you know, of of various world communities, et cetera, et cetera. And you've heard me say more than once in this space, Erica Badu wrote about our lack of connection to our God, not knowing our gods, not knowing our language, not knowing our people, ultimately not knowing our destiny. The implication is if you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going. The implication is you are just a product of slavery. You were just a product of mental passage. You grew up in the cotton fields. You grew up in, in the patch. Like the produce. Like the shadow. And we have no history. We have no background. We, we have too much information today to allow that narrative to survive. I would say we have an overabundance. We have an overload of information. Pan-African, trans-African African global information today to still rest upon that story, that narrative. And many other diverse narratives have, have arisen, have arisen, and particularly in the last 30 years. There are still many alternatives, some would say distractions, to gaining our attention. And so we've tried it at every level, health, wellness, finance, Education, politics, we've tried it at every level except this one, holy. And indeed, that is how we, as a community, look at spirituality and religion. Beyond what has been presented to us, beyond the systems that have been offered to us, beyond the main three, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and so many are seeking alternatives. Many are looking at Buddhism and are looking at, you know, 
being non-religious and more spiritual, only to still find that there's a need that's not being met. There's a need that's not being fulfilled. And so, as always, I offer try your ancestors. It's another way of saying try you, but just in a different way. It's just worded in a new way. But, but try your ancestors. Try that which is indeed existent within you, within the very blood that courses through your veins. And then I offer that you remember that you are indeed God. You are indeed the goddess. You are indeed the, the breathing, living manifestation of the divine here on earth. So be careful when we say they, them, those. Be careful when we say the society, the community, the people, that you be mindful, that you be reminded that that would indeed be you. Greetings, Orisha, beloved. Eva, Orisha, Eva, Orisha. So be reminded that that is indeed you and that we have that opportunity to create and recreate our reality. I get asked, well, what do you do there? What do you do to people? What do you do exactly? As a voodoo priest, as a voodoo practitioner, what is that? What does that look like? And I often assume that it's implied. I often assume that it, it doesn't require a whole lot of explanation. And again, I'm reminded by my clients, by my godchildren, by my family, by my friends, that sometimes I don't say certain things enough. I don't clarify certain things enough. I assume that certain things are understood. Like, what do I do? Like, what are my services? Like, what do I offer? And my fear, if I can use that word, I don't want to be Miss Cleo. I don't want to be Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. I don't want to be... I don't want to be any long. I don't want to be the guy, the gal in your TV, in your computer screen, on your monitor that sort of sells you, sells you a cause. I've never been that guy, and that's not who I am. That is indeed not what this represents. So when you say, you know, see that I've moved tarot reading and, and, and fortune telling and the thing that sort of resonates with that Western vibration, I, I've removed that from my site. I've even removed, you know, donation costs from my site because people get price, purchase, and donation confused. And they're not the same thing. In the eyes of the tax man, they're not the same thing. In the eyes of the government, it's not the same thing, and on its face value, it's not the same thing. We are grateful for people who support the ministry. Indeed, you're supporting the ministry. You're keeping me present. You're keeping me here. You're making me available. And to my godchildren, to my active clients, I'm available to them often 26 hours a day. <laughs> you know, 365 days a year, you know, I'm available to them. What they require, what they need, I might have to package it, I might have to put it in a box, I might have to email it, I, I might have to present some some context, 
you know, for them to study, to read, to digest. But there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes that I can't demonstrate to you in two hours or three hours on the daily podcast. And I'm reminded sometimes I need to say that. I need to speak that. I need to give light to that. Like many, we provide consultation, authentic divination, voodoo forms of divination, fa-e-fa divination, 16-shell divination, 16-palm-nut divination, obi-obata divination. We explore career, education, life, health, stress, blockages, how to move forward, how to grow. And we offer divinations for much more complex things, urgent care, urgent requests, immediate and, 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 and volatile requests, difficult and blocked requests. We are available for that. But we also initiate. I'm initiating whole families, not just individuals. Whole families are initiating. Whole families are doing ancestral work and divination. I'm reminded that you can't see that here on the screen. It's not like sitting on your stoop across the street from the church and watching the cars pull up on Sunday and you see the Mercedes, and you see the Volkswagens, and you see the Lexuses, and you can kind of count the congregation. The virtual world is very different. And so you see us, me and people like me who show up in your box, who show up on your monitor. You know, you, you get limited background in some cases. You get a little bit more. In other cases, you know, in terms of how people live, what what space they live in, but but it still leaves too much room for mystery. Greetings, Oracle Treehouse, beloved. Greetings, Shamafia, Alafia, these bliss. Greetings, greetings, Matthew Ferguson, Lakeisha, Hoodoo Cultism, beloved. I know you hear me, bro. <laughs> greetings, greetings. And so it's easy to just see what's in this box, what's in this square. And some, some, because some of you are, you know, you're Google experts, you're being experts, you're able to do your homework, your research. You got details, you got some context. Some of you have been watching, have been sharing with me for years, for years. Oracle Treehouse would be one of them. I've, I've seen her grow. She's seen me grow for years. And so there's a virtual relationship that's developed. Still more, there's those of you who make it here on the ground physically. And one of the most frequent things that I hear is, man, people have no idea who you are. And, and it's not an offense. It's a reminder of the limitations of this small box, the limitations of what you are seeing and can be exposed to online. And I admit that my internet technology, my social media technology is not the greatest. I don't know how to buy followers. 
I, I don't know how to sort of chop up this video and, and make it shinier and flashier and, you know, more entertaining for you. I, I just know how to be who I am. I just know how to be me and present that which I have to give. There's a saying in spiritual circles that you can only give what you have. You can only give what you have. And 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 what I have to give is a shortcut into, a doorway into what would otherwise be extremely complex. But for most of us, in terms of our accessibility to these traditions, and I could be a little more honest about their receival of us as African Americans, as people of color here in America, speaking Haiti, speaking Nigeria, speaking Ghana, speaking Cuba, for a connection to who we are, for a connection to ancestral food. And so there's a tourism element to it. And if you can afford it and you can make it, they absolutely welcome you. But how open is the communication between us and we have been at, at any given day of the week? How open is the communication for us between the African experience in America and of Soko and Ile Ife? And Oyo, how open is the communication for us, really? And it's like a minefield of navigation. If all we have, indeed, is the Internet and the most common demonstration that we are exposed to on the Internet. Just getting beyond the duplicated, multiple duplicated profiles that are said to be rest you know, representing West Africa within itself is overwhelming. I still get every single day in Instagram a new profile, a new babalao, a new spellcaster. You know, they're using those words now. West Africa didn't use words like spellcaster before. Before we popularized that in, in social media here in America. And so now they're calling themselves spellcasters. In, in, in these multiple duplicated profiles, often within a limited number of pictures, a limited number of, of opportunities for you to verify the identity, often with no identity at all. And again, I say they would not be prevalent. They would not be here if somebody wasn't responding to them. If somebody wasn't Accepting them. And so, and, and why us? I haven't had very many of my white friends or, or some of my associates of other ethnic groups say they're being bombarded with those requests, with those profiles. We are. Those of us who are most hungry, most thirsty for connection to who we are, to our roots, to our background to our uh, ancestral legacy, if you will. So I strive to be 
that one person. I strive to be that one place where people can go in safety, in security, and receive an authentic connection into ATR tradition. I'm not here to suggest that it's easy. I'm not here to suggest that it's quick or, or, or that it's magical and, and, it, over, and it happens overnight. Um, I would compare it to theology or seminary school or university. I would indeed compare it to um, higher learning, the process of initiation, the process of stepping into ATR tradition organically and authentically. We are taking a Western mindset, a Western experience, and, and then passing it through a cipher into the ancient world, into the indigenous world, into an old way of doing things. And so we have to be renewed, for lack of a better word. Our language, how we view the world, how we view culture, how we integrate tradition. Voodoo is 24 hours a day for me. It's just not going on when the candles burn or when the oil lamp is happening. It's a 24-hour experience. It's in everything that I do. I would even say when I'm asleep, the voodoo is indeed going on. So I offer you to explore, to ask questions, to research, to study that which we say we desire, we seek, we want to be a part of, and be open to the process of learning, the shared experience. It's something that I do every day by video, by way of music, by way of the cinematic, you know, horror flick from Ghana or from Nigeria or from a particular ethnic group, all of those things help sort of build the environment, the spiritual environment that we create and recreate, both within ourselves but then outside of ourselves. We indeed, through that level of exploration, uh, are reminded of, of what we already know and what already exists in us. And then when we see that mirrored back to us, reflected back to us in a movie, in a film, in a documentary, it's a powerful experience. Many of the things that I thought were just spiritual, were just something that I was was doing. As I begin to go at the archaeological university, documented historical perspective of what's being African is, what voodoo is. I found that many of the things that I was doing, you know, almost instinctively, you know, are rooted and grounded in our ancestral past. Everything from how we wear our hair to how we eat, you know, to how we live. So be mindful that we all have to be patient with ourselves, if you will, when we say, I, I want to be spiritual, when we say, I want to be, you know, more centered in, in, in who I am, more centered in my truth, 
I'm not here for popularity. I'm just not. I'm not here for you to like me. I'm just not. I'm here to present what's real and what's truthful about my experience and that of many of those of you who are listening to me right now and watching to me right now, validating our experience, validating our truth as as descendants of the mental passage. I saw a post in Instagram the other day that, uh, you know, one of those snazzy, you know, pan-African, you know, empowered posts, and it had uh, four panels, and in each panel it represented a spiritual practitioner, you know, of ATR from uh, Brazil, from uh, Cuba, from uh, West Africa, uh, from some other place, uh, South Africa, you know, and not us, not us, <laughs> you know, we we weren't demonstrated, we weren't referenced, you know, in the post at all. And the idea still exists today in 2020, soon to be 2021, that we don't know our language, we don't know our God, we take what's given. You know, we jump on the next trend, we jump on the next fad, you know, and, and that the African-American experience is, is still invalidated. And when it does not show up in spirituality and religion, it indeed shows up in society and how we are interacting with the police and how we're interacting with each other and how we're interacting with the government and how we're interacting with the system. I offer you that this goes well beyond what you believe or don't believe. This goes well beyond, you know, whether you are, are into this or not. This is indeed our experience. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, American, African. This is indeed our global experience. So as long as I'm oppressed, you're oppressed. As long as my voodoo is not allowed to grow and thrive, you're not allowed to grow and thrive. And so in that environment, everything is under attack. Christianity, Islam, atheism, you know, the, the green consciousness, those who are concerned about the environment, everything is under attack. Under that veil of how we think, how we believe, how we view God how we view our relationship to God, and how we view and accept our role, our responsibility as creators, co-creators with God. I offer you that being silent is not an option. Being silent is not a choice. I offer you that the divine creator would not intend for us to be silent would not intend for us to be selfish, would not intend for us to just be self-centered. Me and one of my godchildren earlier today were talking about the concept of, uh, I can't love you unless I love myself. I, I'm, I'm walking my journey right now. I'm doing myself healing right now. And it's a, it's a language that we're all familiar with. I offered to my godchild that it's a language that is consistent back to the 60s. It's not new. 
the idea of self-discovery, self-awareness, becoming whole as an individual. It's not a new concept. But I also offer that it's also a position of sadness that we now as a society are in that mode of me, myself, and I. I've got to fix me. I've got to repair me. I've got to heal my own and society will fix itself. What's going on outside my door will fix itself. I'll address what's happening with politics or what's happening with the government or what's happening with, with the corona, you know, tomorrow. I, I just got to do me right now. And I'm telling you, I'm offering to you, we don't have that choice. We don't have that option. And the creator's would not intend it to be so. We're created to speak. We're created to take action. We're created to have a, 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 an opinion. And we're created to have an opinion with feelings attached to it so that we would take some action. And the meme and the Twitter, Twitter rant is a temporary action. It might be a cute action. It might be a popular action. But it's a temporary action. And we would want to fuel much bigger actions and reactions. I saw a clip, a documentary, I'm not sure what I was watching, about the Kardashians yesterday. And it went into great detail about how they built this empire, um, how much they're worth. Uh, the, the, the various markets that they created for themselves would also continue to fuel uh, for themselves, which creates a, a financial windfall. But as a spiritualist and online practitioner, I paid more attention to their message and how they moved their message forward and how they took social media reality TV, pop culture, to a whole whole nother level, primarily based around created in their own image, their own image. And we have an opportunity right now to create and recreate a reality that mirrors our image, that mirrors our truthful, truthful, authentic image. We don't have to be witches and warlocks. We don't have to be scary, horror, Halloween, animated images of our authentic food. We indeed like Wakupi, the slave Wakupi, who I introduced to this audience a few days ago. One of the slaves, the enslaved Africans, one of the experiences that we don't hear about a whole lot because it's empowering, because it gives us a sense of, of, of being able to do something about our, our predicament. But we indeed have examples in history, in time, of rising above whatever they throw at us, rising above whatever environment we're now asked to be a part of, we're now asked to live through. We're now asked to fight. Greetings, greetings. 
So I remind you today, audience, my people, my community, that we all have an opportunity to and recreate our reality. Um, I don't know who do a cultism. I do know that he for sure will be here um, tomorrow. His work schedule may be preventing um, Paul Cologne, Paul C., from being present in the chat. But he will be here. Um, we have talked. Um, he will address your questions and, and concerns. Um, I just don't think he, he's here right now. But I do believe that he will be here um, on tomorrow. African descendants in the New World owe much to Haiti, an independent, proud republic since 1804, as a result of their of their blockade, uh, as a result of the Black Pig ceremony, as a result they created and had the Haitian Revolution, which created the first real free, independent Black nation in the new world, in the new America. As a result of their victory, Haitian Voodoo, having its ancestral roots in many West African indigenous religions, is the most widely known African religion to have survived and flourished in the new world. However, though always miscredited by Western historians and New Age converts, Haiti is not where the voodoo religion was born, nor where it reached its highest pinnacle of philosophical, ritual, and theological development. The voodoo religion is estimated to have existed for more than 10,000 years, having its ancient roots in Egypt, East Africa, and in ancient Afro-Matrilineal Ireland later known as Greece, where the African queen mothers established their powerful temples, theocratic empires, long before the Durian Greek invasion. The Voodoo religion was also one of the major religions practiced all throughout the ancient world. And additionally, in most recent times, what is not widely known nor extensively researched is Voodoo's history in the Americas, more specifically among the Airway and other West African groups enslaved in America who brought the Voodoo religion directly from West Africa to here, directly from Benin to the city of New Orleans, to the port of New Orleans. It had been assumed because the Africans enslaved in the Americas were not as numerous as those in Brazil or the islands, that somehow their family spiritual lineages died out when the religions were violently suppressed. And I say, I coined it and I say it and I repeat it, if you can count in Fon, if you can count in Airway, if you can count in Europa, you're only now being asked account in French, in Spanish, in Creole, in Portuguese, and subsequently in English. And if you can count on either side of the Atlantic, then indeed 
even under violent suppression, you can remember your God, you can remember your deity, you can remember rhythms, harmonies, beats. You can remember things that your grandmother said, that your grandfather said. You can remember smells, aromas. You can remember concoctions and recipes and mixers and potions. They were just violently suppressed. And they were violently suppressed more in North America than they were in Haiti or Brazil or Cuba, where they were allowed an environment which gave them space to create and recreate organized forms of ATR tradition. That here, north of the border, in North America, have taken on more uh, undercover, hidden, tucked away symbolism, secretive symbolism. So we had to create the Greekery. We had to create the Wanda. We, we had to create the small pouch. We had to create the small satchel. We had to create ceremonies that did not necessarily put footprints, did not necessarily stand out, you know, as, as some sort of red flag, you know, to master that we were operating within our, our tradition. Um, no, I'm not familiar with Lovecraft country. Greetings, Mark Anthony. Uh, you may very well have. If you watch Cork and Dagger, um, I can't remember which season exactly. I, I know it was the episode when Cloak uh, was sort of receiving the knowledge, the wisdom of what empowered his Cloak uh, and, and where that came from. And so his uncle. I believe it is, exposed him to, um, or is it his dad? His dad exposed him to uh, uh, Mardi Gras Indian culture. So, yeah, you may very well have seen me. You also would have seen me in the uh, voodoo specific uh, tourist element of Cloak and Dagger. So, when the young girl is visiting the cemetery and visiting Congo Square, and I'm also uh, visible in those things. Thank you for that, uh, Mark Anthony. Greetings, LaShawn. Please give me your questions, your comments, your requests. I am available at Eric Code 845 277 9143. 845 277 9143. And of course, you can also join me here live on screen by following uh, the link that's now scrolling at the bottom of the and you could also uh, join me here. First season, seventh episode, LaShawn Law, is that what you're saying? Or are you all talking about Lovecraft? No, I'm not familiar with Lovecraft. Um, I've never heard of Lovecraft. I have no idea what Lovecraft is. Um, It would be nice if you were on the phone or, or on screen now and could share that with us. Um, I have no knowledge of Lovecraft at all. But no, I can't I can't even speak to it. Uh, so unless one of you is gonna come on screen and speak to it. 
Um, we're going to talk about voodoo a little bit more. Now, it is widely acknowledged that the voodoo religion is largely the result of the importation of Africans, mainly from the West African kingdom of Dahomey, present-day Benin, to include Togo and regions of Nigeria. And when we think of families, ethnic groups, namely the Ewe and the Fon groups, the Ewe, E-W-E, the Ewe are the major groups. The Fon, the Mina, the Aja are considered subgroups who reside primarily in Togo, southern Benin, southeast Ghana, uh, and some regions of Nigeria. They are scattered all throughout West Africa. And they were brought to the American shores as early as 1800 via Louisiana, the port of, of Orleans. With them came the Voodoo religion, which underwent the same religious persecution as the Congo and the Yoruba groups, forcing it underground as it had existed really until recently. And I credit, um, you know, not just people like Catherine Dunham. Um, Baba Chuck, may, may they rest in, in heaven um, for bringing African dance, African culture, uh, African rhythms, and, and, and drum beats, the, the human Kayla, you know, for, for reviving culture, what is said to be a safe form of culture. Uh, but, but we also have to acknowledge my godmother, Rosie Priestess, Europe Priestess, Ava K. Jones for being uh, the, the person, really, who brought voodoo into the modern complex in the last 30 years, Ava, Ava K. Jones, brought it to the forefront of academia, of arts and entertainment, in a way that is still safe to the masses, but also tying people back to the roots. Uh, I introduced a book on my Instagram, uh, American Voodoo. American Voodoo by Rod Davis. I introduced this on my Instagram the other day. Uh, there is uh, some information in the book about my godmother, Ava K. Jones. In fact, uh, this is her picture here with her naked breast out. Uh, receiving her Oya uh, ceremony. Oh, did I really? Uh, Craig, Craig, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and if you could find that or find a link to that and, and send that back to me, that would be great. Uh, yeah, I had no idea of that at all. I appreciate that. I appreciate Denise uh, Alvarado. I, in fact, just spoke to Denise Alvarado um, in the last few days. Um, I'm grateful for her literature and her publication um, and her ability to keep voodoo culture, voodoo culture, a New Orleans culture alive and, and relevant and in its most authentic, organic form. Um, I'm grateful for her, um, you know, not attempting to sort of, of commercialize it, you know, the great botanica, the great, you know, witch and practitioner of 
but her ever-ceasing focus on detail, on documentation, on history, um, and indeed on on practice. So, so I'm grateful for that. Um, I had no idea that that was out there. Um, if you can send a link or something of that to me, that would be real nice. You can send it to my email at the Divine Prince um, at gmail.com, or you can send it to Divine Prince at House of the Divine Prince.com. I, I would certainly um, appreciate that. Yeah, this, um, this book and Ava K. Jones is also featured greatly in one of the most recent videos on my YouTube account. So if you go to the top of my YouTube channel, um, five videos in, The Mystery of Voodoo. This was filmed back in 1996. Um, right around the time, uh, I probably knew Ava K. Jones five years before this was uh, filmed, before this uh, production was, was produced. I, I like it a great deal as I like the book because, again, it focuses on New Orleans and the reality of New Orleans And some of you need to hear it from somebody other than me. Some of you need to hear it reinforced by archaeologists and historians and people who are fluent in French. Uh, my godmother, A.P.K. Jones, is fluent um, in, in the French. And so some of you need that, that reinforcement. Um, some of us need a reminder, you know, again, of where we come from and the power and truth of that which we already stand upon. Some of the newer information about who we are and what we are is indeed being produced by people outside our community, people who don't practice food, people who don't live here, people who, who, who aren't born to here. People who haven't spent any time here, people who don't have roots and ancestral uh, lineages that bring them, them that bring them here. Yet there are many of you out there, among the sound of my voice, who indeed, once you do the work, once you do the DNA, once you look at your ancestral background, find that you do have roots to Louisiana. You indeed do have to Mississippi, to the Mississippi Delta. And, and the ultimate spread of voodoo and hoodoo up the Mississippi River and up the Delta and through blues and blue jazz and through gospel and the black spiritual search into other avenues of the country. We also have to credit the Gullah Geechee Nation, the Gullah Geechee community, for their footprint and their holding aspects of what we now call voodoo and voodoo together. And, and that sometimes undocumented, uh, unvoiced presence being overlooked, not being, you know, acknowledged. We acknowledge New Orleans as sort of the mecca, if you will, of voodoo in the Americas, of African spiritual practice and tradition in the Americas. But we also cannot overlook the Sea Islands, Gullah Geechee Sea Islands of the Carolinas and, 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 and the Georgia coast, where families have lived 
it is some degree of isolation from Western culture, Western society, to some degree, and have held on to these practices that we now quickly compartmentalize into root work, into conjure, into black magic, into black witchery, without acknowledging that, thank you, Craig Burns, that maroon culture that kept it alive, that that kept it vibrant. Let me check my phone lines, Eric code 845-277-9143. Eric code 845-277-9143. If you have a question, comment, or request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Um, honeybee, okay, you say there is a baby for Santissima or Santa Muerte in the Latin culture. Speaking in terms of voodoo, and then you spell voodoo in a Haitian or a French kind of way, African heritage. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to work this out. Yeah, I'm not quite getting your question. Um, which subject are you asking me about? I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm not understanding that. We got a lot going on there. There is a base for Santa Morse from our African-speaking Voodoo African heritage sisters and brethren. Do you know more information on this subject? Um, I'm not very versed in Latin culture. Uh, I have some knowledge of the Latin culture. I have a great degree of knowledge of Lukumi. I have a great degree of knowledge of 21 Divisions uh, and how voodoo sort of uh, shows itself in, in Dominican Republic. But I'm not quite capturing what exactly your question is. Uh, particularly if you say give you ISB and, and book numbers of what exactly of babies, of black and African Latin culture. I'm not understanding the question, beloved. Clear that, clarify that question for me, and, and I'll come back at that. Thank you so much, uh, LaShawn Law. It's also, Honey B, why I ask, um, you know, that you call in. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop. Listen, it's very hard for me to read the chat. Chat is in constant motion. Make sense of what's being read in the chat and then speak to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to get to a place on this show where I'm only going to respond to questions where people actually call in or turn their camera in their microphone so that you can respond and, and be fluid in the question. Um, it takes time for me to say, Beloved, I don't understand the question. And for you to hear me and then go back and retype it, rewrite it, re-speak to it. Um, so I invite you. My number is area code 845-277-9143. You can also uh, follow the link that's scrolling uh, at the bottom of the screen. I'm going to 
copy and paste it here and post it in the chat. So that you can um, so that you can be a co-host and join join me here in this space. Yes, thank you, Craig Burns. Um, beloved, I don't know who you are, but you are certainly paying attention. <laughs> yes, I have performed many um, voodoo ceremonies in the French Quarter to keep Maroon Cultural alive um, every June 19th. I go to Jackson Square, Place uh, de Armes, what it was once called, and I acknowledge um, uh, Jean or Juan St. Milo, who was a great maroon leader who was executed and subsequently beheaded and, 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 and left to rot, you know, as a symbol to other people in, in Congo Square. They did the same thing to Wasp uh, Queen, by the way. When the slave catchers finally caught him, they mutilated his body and left him too in Jackson Square um, for all the slaves and, and others to see as sort of a threat and a warning to not seek independence, to not seek liberation. I'm one of the last and authentic uh, voodoo practitioners to have performed a, a ceremony in St. Louis. Cemetery number one. Um, unfortunately, uh, due to politics and, and, and money, and, and now COVID-19, um, you can't even get into St. Louis Cemetery number one anymore. Um, so I'm grateful for having had that experience, uh, for having had the opportunity. Uh, and I'm more humbled when people, uh, such as the self-raised uh, uh have noted uh, have paid attention to it. Um, Honey Bee, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Give me a second. Um, yes, Matt, Matthew Ferguson, the practice was forced to go underground everywhere, uh, really, in, in the Americas. I think one of the modern events that also brought voodoo practice, ATR practice, Santeria, Lukomi, Halo, out into the open, indeed, was the case in Hialeah, Florida. Uh, which went all the way to the Supreme Court about the sacrifice of animals, the usage of uh, blood in ceremony. And so that's one of the things in northern Florida and in in the Florida region that sort of forced uh, authentic practice to, to indeed go underground. The evangelical movement of the 1940s and 50s absolutely did not help. Um, and still endure till this day uh, the presence, the footprint of the evangelical movement in our community. Um, in some cases, that has been uh, replaced by Jehovah Witness. And so we're seeing Kingdom Hall community, even in my own family, uh, uh, the Broomfield, many of the Broomfields in Mississippi have converted to uh, Kingdom Hall Jehovah's Witnesses, um, continuing to sort of put a foot on the neck of uh, traditional uh, spirituality and religion um, within our, our community. Uh, do I have elders you recommend uh, in the Gulf Coast? Um, 
Not at the moment. When you say the Gulf Coast, you mean Pensacola, uh, Jacksonville, uh, northern Florida. Not at the moment. Um, I do, of course, here. I, I have some options for you in Georgia. Um, I have some options for you in the Carolinas. Um, I have to think a little bit more right now in terms of Florida, the Gulf Coast as, as it relates to Mississippi um, and Florida. Um, okay, Honeybee is asking, okay, information on voodoo and Santa Morte. Okay, we don't have Santa Morte in voodoo. There is no Santa Morte um, in voodoo. Whether we're looking at West African, Haitian, Louisiana, there's no Santa Morte in voodoo. We indeed have the dead. We indeed have the, the realm of the dead and the realm of the ancestors, which often gets confused, by the way. Um, they're, they're seen as two different things. And so Gede, for instance, in Haitian voodoo, it's not like a Orisha, a Loa, a deity that you sort of welcome and invite to, to come in um, with all of its sexuality and all of its, you know, uh, desire for correction of, of that which has already gone before, Papa Gede. They are to be fed, placated, satiated to some degree, and, and then sort of sent away, if you will. Uh, there are in the ancestors who we feed, who we invite, who we, implate, who we placate in a sense of asking and requesting their intervention, their involvement, if you will, uh, in our lives. And so in that cause, there's no central deity like a Santa Muerte, for instance, that we would necessarily uh, have a figurine of or, or statuary for. We might have a sacred space for the dead. We might have a shrine and altar space for the ancestors. Um, indeed, there are those in Hoodoo who acknowledge Santa Muerte. But, but then in Hoodoo, there's that synchronizing that adapting of diverse symbolism, Catholic symbolism, Hispanic or Latin symbolism, African and African-American symbolism, that sort of gets mixed in the gumbo pot of voodoo, if you will. But it still stands to Moate, even if you see it in the black voodoo practicing household. But to say that there's a counterpart to it, an equivalent to it, not exactly. Um, in Europe, we would see Egrum. And so when you see the Egrum masquerade, for instance, which is the, the dance, the parade, the masquerade of the elders, of the ancestors, um, Egrum is often um, the spirit, the power that that infuses the suit, that infuses, you know, the, the, the costume that's representative of the ancestors, the Golete, the Egungun, 
Um, and in some cases, Don Beto, which is like a haystack, a giant haystack in, in Benin or Togo that spins and whirls and twirls and does, and does otherwise otherworldly and magical demonstrations that are representative of, of the dead and acts from the spirit realm. As a goddess initiative, you're one of my favorite people, beloved. You are one of the individuals, one of the co-hosts that I would love to have called in, be on video. You always got something to say. Uh, you always have something to share. Y'all just asking a lot by forcing me to read through all these chats uh, every day. I, I would really appreciate y'all coming on in. The Ascensible Arcade is very um, popular in Mexico. Uh, Day of the Dead, All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Marasa is a um, union of sacred twins, if you will. So in Ifa, in Yoruba, for instance, we, we have EAG, your sacred twin. And when we look at the ethnic groups of West Africa, the ethno-cultural traditions of West Africa, there are all kinds of mysteries and taboos and, and, and blessings and, and, and magic around birth, childbirth, and particularly multiple, particularly multiple. So multiple twins are treated very sacredly and specifically in all of the Buddhist traditions. And so Marasa would be a symbolic union of twins. And sometimes on, on Earth, in the real world, it's demonstrated by two practitioners who unify their powers who come together to perform healing, to perform magic, to, 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 to perform divine intervention, if you will. In Bebe, in, in the symbolism of the Bebe that Honeybee um, is referencing, it, it's often unified twins. I have one in another part of the house. I don't have one here. But unified forces, unified powers that then work together. Whereas EBG in Europe is very specific to divine twins, but, but infants, children, babies, and then there's an energy attached to that. Both good and, and not so good, depending on it its application, depending on its uh, manifestation at, at any particular time. Oh, my goodness, God, initiative. we had no idea you just had your baby. Well, congratulations, beloved. I don't know if you've said that in this space before, but congratulations on the new child, on the new baby, on the new member of, of our family. That's, that's wonderful, beloved. Had no idea. That's why y'all need to be on camera. That's why y'all need to be on these phone lines so that we can connect in a more personal way in this space, a more intimate way in this space. Ah, uh, you're in Europe, honeybee, queen, bon dia, Laveau, bon Laveau. You're in Europe. You're in the U.K. 
Well, greetings. We certainly do appreciate you. We certainly do. Thank you, Danielle Jackson, for showing up, for always being present. Where are my brethren? Who do occultism? Neophytes or core? Where y'all at? What's going on? Paul C., where are my brothers at today? Craig Burns, we certainly appreciate you for holding it down. <laughs> for, the, for the men in the chat, um, and we certainly appreciate you. I do again invite you all, if you will, to call me at area code 845-9143-845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, press the number one. I will unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Of course, when you're ready with your cameras, I'll hear a little beep, and I'll be able to bring you into the conversation. One of the last things I said was when um, when this West African practice, when this voodoo was forced underground, and particularly here in North America, it only then had to be hidden, had to be synchronized with symbols that might be safe, that might otherwise provide a, a distraction or, or illusion away from what our direct intent might might be. We think about um, the Bebe and the symbolism, which not only hid our truths and our mysteries, but also celebrated our truths and our mysteries. And so that the Bebe making became quilt building north of the border. And so our mothers and, and, and fathers who, who quilted quilted our story, quilted our God, quilted our tradition um, in a much more subtle, passive way as we see in the bright brilliance of the Mardi Gras Indian suit, the carnival suit, the Haitian Rara uh, banner, and of course the, the magic that is sequenced in, that is beaten into um, uh, the Bebe. The enslaved Africans that came to Louisiana, that came to Mississippi, also brought with them um, their ideas about plant life. Some of the plant life they brought with them directly to the Mississippi. Some other of the plant life they were able to recognize and identify here what they got here on the ground. And then, of course, new herbs, new plants would have been introduced to them uh, through through the white man, but also through our indigenous ancestors who occupied the land when all arrived here. And so the idea that we were depressed, the idea that we forgot, the idea that we, you know, lost became sort of the narrative for the African-American when it comes to having a, a strong, authentic connection back to spirit, outside of that which was the church. A great deal of what I draw from, and particularly today, Mami Wata, 
Many of you are, are familiar with Mama Vivian, Mama Zogbe, Chief Honan Anandaku, PhD Mama Vivian, um, and her book and documentation about uh, voodoo, and particularly voodoo in America. And you can visit her at www.mamiwata, M-A-M-I-Wata, W-A-T-A, dot com, forward slash, airway, D-W-E, forward slash, airway, dot H-T-M-L. And that is the document from which I have been pulling from today, the airway enslaved in America, and any local journey by Mama Zogbe, Chief Honan, Amengase, Ph.D. I love saying that. <laughs> so any opportunity we have to <clears throat> take voodoo to the academic level, to the level of archaeology, to the level of, of documentation, to the level of science, further solidify the truth that I proudly preach here to you every day, that we indeed have our own lane, our own path, our own connection as the Africans born in America to be sadistic. Listen, I know that there are people long, you know, who are not black, who are not African American, who are not born in the U.S., who listen to this show who appreciate this material. But I am uniquely concerned about the global reconnection of Africans in diaspora to these traditions. Uh, Erico 318, greetings, beloved. I'm hoping your mic. Welcome to the show. 318, is that a Houston Erico? Yes, this one will call center. Oh, okay. Greetings, beloved. What's going on? Welcome to the show. No, this ain't work. I'm, you know, uh, it's raining out here, so we, we stopped early today. Uh, but um, I want to go right into it today. Right, right, right into it. Okay, just just speak up. Speak as loud as you can, and come on. Okay, basically, the Bobby Hemmick culture is, um, the Bobby Hemmick culture is really aggravating. It's aggravating me because I, I was there, and I have a lot of friends that, you know, on the Bobby Hemmick culture, and I, I like Bobby Hemmick, but they don't, I'm, you know, I'm a practitioner, like, you know, I'm a God child. They don't understand the components and the layers of all what spirituality gives. In, in the in the system of voodoo and IFA, it it goes into the details of the spirit. You know, what I mean, different components of the soul, the spirit. You know, and these people are skipping right over it and get the lecturing like they really know what they're talking about, and it's. It's aggravating because it's like a next-level marketeer. So you have this Lovecraft country stuff coming out, it, where it is out. And it's going into some occult, metaphysical stuff, you know what I mean? And they doing full-out breakdown <laughs> when these people 
that's producing these movies are going to people like you. Going to people that's been doing this for decades. And they feel like they got it all figured out through their breakdown and don't really understand. It's like they're taking a shortcut to everything. Can you elaborate on the 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 evolution of the marketeer era of uh, the black community? I absolutely will, and particularly because you you ask, I I, I try not to talk about it. Um, in my own mind, I feel like I've talked about it too much. I feel like I talk about it all the time. I feel like I talk about it every day. And I get beat up in social media for doing so. Now, now again, this ain't a popularity contest. I'm not here to be popular. I'm not particularly here to be liked. You know, if people like me, if people love me, and we can meet together in the middle, great. But it's not what holds me up in social media. And I particularly try not to, you know, target a particular individual or a particular uh, uh, way of, of, of looking at things. But you introduced Bobby Hammond's name into conversation, <laughs> you know. And, 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 and so I'm going to respond to that. Um, I absolutely agree with you. And it's not just Bobby Hammond. He, he didn't single-handedly um, create sort of this space that we're dealing with now. There were many components that lead to, you know, the Orisha romance, the, the, the Black Witch movement, the sort of surface-level Black consciousness, Black spirituality that we're seeing in, in social media. Um, there are many components to that. Festivals uh, uh, contributed to that. Book writers and, and magazine uh, articles have also contributed to that. Uh, and so, you know, sort of my ache, my journey every day is having to reteach it, reconfront it in terms of the client, in terms of the godchild, in terms of the initiate. Now, now if I can share just a little bit of your business, I, I got to expose you just a little bit. Hoodoo occultism is one of my gotchas. Hoodoo occultism has been around for a minute. So what you're hearing from him is what you hear from me. Now, now when you first come into this, you know, we're all gung-ho. We, we all just want the information. We all are part of the reach of romance. When you first come into this, but then after you are in it for a while and you're exposed, and you learn some things, and you become aware, it becomes difficult for you also to not become more like me and get on that soapbox about what you see happening. And, and it's trending, uh, who do occultism. It's popular. It, 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 it's the black people of color, spiritualist form of, reality TV. It, it is the same dynamic of the Kardashian fire, you know, the beehive fire. You know, it, it's just masked in 
tradition and how they choose, you know, who is of interest in the moment. Um, it's confusing to me because when I look at the information that's being presented, it's very basic, it's very general, it's not necessarily new or innovative or or, or going into any great degree of, of depth, not like what you're getting right now in initiation, not like the books that, that my clients and Godchildren you know, have received from me, none of that is ever mentioned. None of that ever goes into. You're getting a regurgitation of colors, Arisha colors, Arisha days of the week, honey jars and spells, candle work and, and moon cycles. You're getting a regurgitation of what's culturally, pop culturally popular and trending right now. And primarily that which is marketable. You use the word marketeering. That which is marketable. And I'm not picking on the Kardashians. I'm using the Kardashian magic, the Kardashian system as sort of something we can compare this to. So you have an idea, you have a platform, you have a reality show which which gains you millions of followers, you know, millions of opportunity now to monetize products, and then you go back and you can resell makeup, you can resell hair products, you can sell, you know, what they wear, what they like, what they don't like. And so there's a power out there, a force out there that would not just bastardize voodoo, that would not just erase voodoo, but now appropriate voodoo and commercialize voodoo in a way that we've never seen before. So the idea, you know, along with the availability of Internet, technology, we all have a microphone, which I support. We all have a camera, which I support. And, and that's why I invite you. Call in, turn your camera on, create your own show, create your own platform, be heard. Everybody is doing it. But don't confuse it. Don't confuse it with what's authentic. Don't confuse it to what's true. And, and I think um, who to call ism, that's becoming much, much more complicated. Even when we look at politics, you know, um, what's really true anymore? You know, and now not only do we have the talking heads, you know, the Fox News, the NBC, the MSNBC, the CNN. But but now you have the bloggers and people who are popular in Instagram and people who are popular in, in Twitter also throwing their voice, you know, into the marketing of politics. And some of it is just for numbers, just for likes, just for follow, just for entertainment, just for popularity. You know, uh, what's the guy from South Africa, Trevor? You know, but Trevor's getting a dollar. Trevor's getting paid. You, you know, these, these greater talking heads are getting paid, whereas those that are closer to the grassroots community are, are creating influence, are influencing the, the belief system of the masses, you know, what the masses 
believe and accept to be reality. I've always feared being uh, a religious or spiritual marketeer. Jim and Sammy Faye Baker, Reverend Ike, Creflo Dollar, you know, there's all these people that we can pull from, from television, who sort of marketeered religion and spirituality to us over the years. Um, I think ATR is relatively new, save for Iyala Van Zandt, except Iyala Van Zandt doesn't readily claim an ATR platform. Those of us who know Iyala Van Zandt, we know that Iyala Van Zandt has Arisha, has Hand Ifa, but she doesn't necessarily teach from that platform in, in her public demonstration. So ATR is relatively new. I will be the first. Hear me, Hollywood. Hear me, TV producers. I will be the first real, authentic reality TV show around voodoo, around real spirituality and tradition. We have psychic shows on cable TV. Many of them didn't, none of them have survived. We had, I see dead people on television 10 years ago. Um, I don't think, I think Oprah was still on TV and we had, you know, the young kids that see dead people, uh, Van Prague was seeing dead people. I think Oprah was still on television, you know, back then. But there's no real demonstration of African spirituality and religion in, in television and very little in, in movies, save for that that shows up in documentaries. So marketeers latch on to that. Marketeers are feeding what's popular, what's trending, what meets your most immediate need, you know, and, and, and voodoo meets the immediate need. I, I, I want to be clear about that. If I'm dealing with the struggle, if I'm dealing with the block, if I'm dealing with the complication, I don't care what it is, I'm going to the ancestors, I'm going to the realm of spirit. But the idea that there's a pill, there's a fix, send me your 1995 and I can fix your sexuality, I can fix your economy, I can fix your waistline, I can fix your, you know, your aging process. All of that goes back to the marketeering element, voodoo um, cultism that, that you speak of. Are you still with me? Malachi. I'm, I'm still with you. I'm still, oh. I'm still with you. I'm still oh, okay. with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm still with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to speak tomorrow. I'm just washing my truck off. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not going to take me long. Okay. Well, I certainly appreciate you uh, calling in and participating participating in the show. And I was well, well, well. Okay. The next thing I have to say is, okay, the the, the I'm gonna say it again. The, and I love volume. And I've had experiences for people having. You know what I mean? So I I, I know by experience. But um. They deem the people who's into IFA and, and, and voodoo and hoodoo as 
religious or um, as hotel is what they call it today, right? Uh, that hotel spirituality. And I'm like, okay, you want to read that book? Because all I'm saying they do is read books. I was caught up in the same, you know, way. Okay, you want to read that book and then do what? You you want to read that book? Are you going to do any work? You know, and then they go, oh, we probably don't talk about the chakras and the, all this occult stuff. Man, what are y'all talking about? Like, <laughs> what are y'all talking about, man? You, you, like, you really don't know. You know what I mean? You really don't. Like, where do you think a lot of these spiritual systems get their information from? And it's like they'll call you religious or hotel if you in a real spiritual tradition. And it's almost like looking down on you almost. Like, you know, I guess it's because there's so many scammers out here for us free. You know what I mean? And it's just a lot of confusion. But I want to let people know this is not the case. Man, people, you, you know, these people that's into E5 for real, they're in high positions. And people of, of, of authority are going to them and making the decisions on of your community. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's, let's share. Let's share. Vincent. Can you hear the caller? Can you hear him clearly? Because he's speaking to what you're talking about right now. Can y'all hear him clearly when he's speaking? Um, who do occultism? Lashir uh, is saying in chat. Well, first she kind of says, you know, all of this makes it hard to find a godparent. And, and I agree with that to some degree. Probably just as hard as it is to find the right church or the right pastor or the right therapist or the right counselor. Now, based on how you view those subject matters, you know, can also add to how easy it is or how, or how difficult it is to sort of connect uh, to, to those sources, to those resources. We, we can even look at elders in the family, let's share. We all have elders. We have older people in, in our families. Now, let's honestly think about how often do you consult them for advice? How often do you hear their advice when they're talking? How often do we applaud their advice? And I'm talking about the living, breathing elders, the living, breathing old people in your family that are in your peer group. Sometimes when we start talking about looking for godparents, we sort of put them in this superhuman status, this, this super place of, of, of ability, if you will. And, and we start having expectations beyond what we would uh, for, for really for your doctor uh, or for, uh, for your gynecologist. We have a whole completely different set of rules and expectations 
when we start talking about God-fearing teachers within these traditions versus your dentist, your doctor, your, your pastor, your priest. We expect professionalism. We expect uh, consistency. We expect a certain level of education and training, you know, if we're talking about your dentist. If we're talking about the guy at the cash register, you know, at the store. But when it comes to spirituality and religion, uh, not only is it suggested that you sort of go with what resonates you with you, Lashia, but the person, the individual, also throws all that other protocol out the window when it goes with what resonates. See, if we're sick, that versus being healthy, what resonates is not the same, right? If you're in distress versus a place of peace and serenity and tranquility, what resonates with you is not going to be the same. And sometimes when you are in distress, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, you know, all the things that, that many of us deal with and confront just in this society, it, clarifying what resonates with you is not always easy. When we look at relationships, for instance, marriages, for instance, what resonated with you when you met may not be the same thing that resonates with you seven years later, two years later. So we have to look at both positions, the seeker and the teacher that's being sought. The the, the seeker and the prophet, the minister, the, the godparent, that's being sought. Not everybody who's seeking is ready to hear. Not everybody who's seeking is ready to humble themselves to the process. I can't tell you how many people are hungry, thirsty until the work starts. And then they want to tell me how the work should be done. And I quietly sit back and I say, Beloved, how long have you been practicing? I'll say, Oh, well, I'm new to this. But, but, but people come with their expectations of what it should look like. And, and who to occultism as my witness? Paul as my witness will tell you that I ask my, my, my God children all the time, what is your expectation? What do you expect initiation to look like? It's deeper than a certain level of information. It's deeper than I want to learn about Orisha. It's deeper than I want to learn what Fa is. It's deeper than that. So I totally resonate with your comments. I do. I get how frustrating it is, but I think it's frustrating on both sides. It is just frustrating for the godparent who has to not only work through teaching, you know, a new language, a new practice, sometimes a new culture, a, a, a new religion, but also deal with codependency alcohol addiction, drug addiction, anger issues, emotional imbalances, 
drama that's going on in, in their relationship, in their household, in their family, but they're trying to learn voodoo at the same time. Grandmama sick, parents sick, but they're initiating at the same time. You know, I'm asked to be teacher, healer, parent, friend, therapist, listening ear, you know, one who's always available at every hour of the day or night. And so I don't think that that's often given credit. I don't think that's often examined, honestly examined for the, for the position of the speaker. And again, I don't always expect the speaker to know that. Sometimes the speaker is not in a position to, to, to clarify what is or is not resonating. And often when people are seeking spirituality, it is because they're not feeling a sense of resonance already somewhere in their life, in their past, in their existence. Now, the idea of doing it wrong, you know, there's a big gap between what resonates and what's wrong. Doing what resonates, but, but then deciding you're going to set up shrine work the way you want to without any understanding of rules, protocols. You know, I compare that to baking a cake. We all cook, right? We all chef, right? We all a baker, right? Okay, so, you know, you wouldn't put your child, and particularly a child who don't understand the kitchen, in, in, in there to make it taste, you know, without understanding how much flour, how much water, how much baking powder, how much sugar, how much vanilla. You know, there's a recipe, you know, like gumbo, and your gumbo won't taste like my gumbo, and my gumbo won't exactly taste like your gumbo. But there is a way to, to prepare gumbo, and there is a way to not prepare gumbo, just like there's a way to bake a cake, and then there's a way to bake something that falls on you, you know, and, and it ain't quite right on the inside. So there absolutely is a recipe, just like health. It's, it's just like health. We say drink a certain amount of water. We say eat your fruits and vegetables. We say Get your grains. You know, we say get a certain amount of exercise, get a, get them a certain amount of sleep and rest. But then we share that is unique and specific to the individual. How many kids do you have? What is your work schedule based on my work schedule? How much time does that afford you to sleep, to exercise? You know, some of you are too busy to eat right. Some of you are too busy, you know, to, to think about certain things. So health shows up differently on the on the individual. So uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I just offer that you, you know, compare that, you know, to health or, or, or going to see the doctor. I know somebody who, uh, no matter who the doctor is, they all scan as far as she's concerned. I don't care what doctor is, they all scam as far as she's concerned. You know, and, and, and still there's something going on. Nobody understands it. Nobody sees it. It's not showing up on any test. 
you know, and she goes from doctor to doctor, place to place, location to location. So uh, I, I hear you. They're not all scammers, though there are a great degree of scammers out there. And I think the environment feeds the creation of scammers. When, when you're in an environment, the share, when people want it easy, people want it fast, people want it quick. People don't want to have to do any homework. People don't want to have to study. People don't want to have to memorize. People don't want to have to, you know, add one more thing to my schedule. You know, they're looking for the quick. So in that environment, it it breeds them. It breeds them. And and they prey on your sensibility. They prey on your desire for an immediate result. They prey on your desire for you know, a quick, fast result. They prey on your desire to throw money onto a fire rather than take the effort and the strength that might be necessary to go and get that hose and pull that heavy hose off the rack and, and put some water on it, you know, to, to go in there. That, that sounds like work to many people. So it makes it so much easier for the scammers to come in and, and to set up shop. So I, I, I hear you share, and I agree with you in many of your, your positions. Um, I wish you would call in so we could talk about this a little bit more. Um, I, I need to hear you say that out loud. Finding someone who will teach authentically. They're everywhere. I'm here. Your name is not familiar to me. I don't recall getting an email from you. Um, And I know many other legitimate practitioners that are out there. Um, So I'm not sure exactly what you mean and what you mean by commercial. Yeah, I'm here. I'm teaching it, but many want it. Again, for free. It's real easy to sit here in this space for free. But but when it comes time, just like university, just like college, just like seminary, when it comes time to find a paperwork, get your payment, get your donation in, then things are different. And now you're in nursing school. Now you're in law school. Now you're in university. And you're balancing that with, everything else you got going on in your life. There are many ways of looking at it. And you're agreeing with me to some degree by, by your follow-up uh, by your follow-up uh, statement. I, listen, I appreciate you. I'm going to give you all maybe a few more moments. Let me check my phone line. Who calls this and you're still with me. My lines are open at area code 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one and I'll open your mic. Yeah, the one to be spiritual will have you confused because they have not done that work. They are trying to do the work. Um, they're just trying to be in a position to receive your money. They're just trying to be in a position to have you as a customer. Um, 
they they don't expect you to study any more than they study. So they lack that knowledge. They lack that information. Uh, even when you consider the authentic practitioner in Haiti, in Cuba, in Nigeria, if you're not first dealing with a language barrier, um, then there's that issue of time. How much time do you think, you know, would be rational, would be reasonable to spend in a foreign country and learn another language, another culture, another practice, another tradition? Probably about the same amount of time it would take to get a BA, right? to get a, 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 a master's degree or a bachelor's degree, you know, at least four years of consistent work, you know. So the notion that we can sort of take a tourist-based journey somewhere and come back with all that we need, you know, they don't have the time to instruct you, to gift you. And if we don't desire that, they're not quickly going to set that up for us. We don't demand it if we don't stop supporting what's not working for us and only focus on those and that which supports us, then we'll always have that presence in our community. We'll always have that that show up. I absolutely do take students. I take clients. I take initiates. Um, Absolutely, I do, uh, Craig Burns. I do so by way of email, divineprince at houseofthedivineprince.com, D-I-D-I-N-E, prince at houseofthedivineprince.com. Just be clear about what it is that you want. Uh, people often ask me, do I give classes? I initiate each of the traditions. Um, your question is, do I take students? I initiate into the tradition. Now, that could be someone who's going to become a student of the tradition, an initiate of the tradition. Doesn't necessarily mean a practitioner. Though I do make practitioners. I do make readers. I do make priests and priestesses. But I also teach. So study is and student is very simple. So I'm clarifying. I, I initiate into the tradition. So it's not like you can come to me and, and take a class on voodoo, learn voodoo without actually being voodoo, without actually being voodoo. And so in that, there would be your ritual divination for initiation, for ritual work, for training. That's one particular divination. It's $300 divination on my website. Someone who is otherwise just coming for a reading, a reading, that's a complete reading on my website. If you email me, that's the very first response, complete reading. The second response, Ancestral work and divination. Now, everyone who is initiating with me has to do ancestral work and divination. All my clients do not necessarily do ancestral work and divination. 
They may not be interested in initiating. They may not necessarily even be interested in doing the work associated with ancestors and lineage. They just may need to hear from them. That's ancestral divination. I just need to hear from my, from the dead. I just need a clarification from the ancestors. That's an ancestral divination and a little bit of transfer. But a student slash initiate is going to take ancestral work and divination as a part of their initiation process. Because you can't build anything without ancestors. And we all have them. So there's a clear distinction between the client, the visitor, if you will. That wants an ancestral connection versus the student or initiate who needs that connection to ancestors along with the other information that is, that is gained in ancestral work and divination in order to then move to the next level. And then the next level includes your head, which is referred to by many different things depending on what tradition you're looking at. Yoruba, Akan, Haitian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, the head is looked at in a very different, specific, and unique, unique way within those traditions. And then there's coming into the past. And in most cases, you can't do that without Legba. You can't do that without Eshu in most cases. In most cases. I know some of you are coming in with a hand of Ifa. How do you come in with a hand of Ifa, the blessing of a spirit of divination, without your ancestors, without your own head, without your a plan, a blueprint, if you will, for your destiny? So that's how I handle, Craig, that's how I handle students and initiation here at the House of the Divine Prince. Lachere, um let me read your, your statement out loud before I respond to it. Uh, says she hasn't sought me particularly because mainly she was looking for someone close to her in Virginia, someone she could trust because some there where she has seen the crash with one another and speak negatively about others. Um, that was important for me to read out loud. First, when you say, I'm looking for somebody close to me, uh, that's like me hearing, it's a Popeye's close to you. It's a Walgreens close to you. It's a Walmart close to you. It's a, it's a church close to you. It's a liquor store close to you. And that's a Western way of looking at things. Ifa ain't everywhere. Voodoo ain't everywhere in America. People of color, black people, have not embraced themselves wholesale. That's my dream. That's my dream. That these abandoned churches, that these closed-up churches would be converted into centers of African traditional religious systems. That would be my dream. And then, you know, the idea that one would be close to you in a northern region like 
Virginia. I know Virginia's in the South. <laughs> but, you know, then we would expect one to be close to where you are. You know, a, a location. I would love to have a house of divine friends, a hoodoo central in every location. I, I would love to have that. But until I get that level of support, until I get that level of backing, until I get that level of community, I can't be everywhere at, at the same time. Uh, the other aspect is trust and one, I'm going I'm to I'm use a different word, one church talking against the other church. Now, if you've ever been to church, you know that's common. That's common. One church talks about the other church. Well, that pastor over there lets y'all wear pants. That pastor over there lets y'all smoke. That pastor over there, you know, lets y'all do A, B, and C. Well, that sense of competition exists everywhere, even in Nigeria, even in Ghana, even in South Africa, even in Haiti. Once you get into these communities, I mean into these communities, you find that they talk about each other everywhere, everywhere. And, and that sense of Western energy is present all over the globe right now, unfortunately. There's really no jungle, no rural area, no bush, no country that you can sort of run to where you're going to find traditional culture and religion but not have no gospel not have no backstabbing, not have no negative intent, because today it's about popularity. If today it's about how many dollars are you making. Today people are counting how many times I show up on TV, how many times I show up in a documentary, how many times I show up in a movie, and then try and assume how I'm living. So you're going to always have that, Michelle. Unfortunately, since the Garden of Eden, since Sodom and Gomorrah, since Esau and Jacob, since the Jews and the Gentiles, you're always going to have sort of that back and forth. That's the nature of humanity. It's not the nature of religion or the nature of, of ATR specifically. That's the nature of humanity. Look at politics. Look at your Trump versus your Biden. Look at what all the nasty things they're calling Kamala Harris. You know, that's the nature of humanity. Praise Burns, I do offer initiation, if that's what you're interested in. Uh, where you live is, is not as relevant as your ability to commit to the work. I have got children all over the world. I got you to another thing. It's just a matter of how much are you willing to do the work. Um, I am available for people to come, you know, to come here and, and be a part of the process. You know, people who already live here who, who are part of the process. And then those got children who come here, you know, two or three times a year. So, so there are all kind of ways to organically, naturally, authentically, have that experience and all the uh, uh, blessings that come with it. Just send me an email request. 
to start that process. Um, yeah, for, for a new person, it brings fear and distrust of what to believe. But, 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 oh, let's share. Um, this ain't personal, beloved. This is just a response to what you said. That has a lot to do with what you bring to the table. Fear, distrust. Not everyone is as fearful and distrustful just because of what other folks do. Let me say that again. Not everybody is as affected. Not everyone is as damaged. Because you lied to me doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be less trusting of the next individual. Because you took advantage of me does not necessarily mean that I personally am going to be distrusting of the next individual. So I think that that leaks a deeper truth about the environment, about society, about an individual's experience. Um, you know, you go to a restaurant and you, and you have a bad experience. Hell, I'm not eating there again. I'm the type of person I might not eat at that type of restaurant ever again. But we'll go into the bad McDonald's and have a bad experience and go back to McDonald's again next week. Go to the next McDonald's at the next location. And, and we don't show that same level of, of, of judgment. Um, I, I'm, I'm from the school that distrustful people have to also look at their own trust. What do you trust yourself? What do you trust yourself to understand? What do you trust about your own intuition? And so when that is empowered, the ability for people outside you to affect your ability to trust is, is not the same. And, and that holding on to fear and distrust interrupts people's relationships, people's marriages, people's ability to, to move on again, people's ability to, you know, oh, I see you, beloved, forgive me. Eric code 770. Um, I think that's uh, LaShare. Beloved, I'm opening your mic. Eric code 770. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Speak up, beloved. Thank you for calling me. Hi. Hi, Divine Prime. Hi, everybody. This is Chrissy again from Pittsburgh, PA. I talked to you before. Oh, okay. This is not LaShare. This is somebody else. Yes, sir. Okay. Sorry. Hold on for a second. Okay. Let's share first the number one on your phone, and then I'll open your mic after I speak with this caller. Okay, go ahead, caller. How can I help you today? Hello, caller 770. Christy? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, you got me going back and forth muting the mics from the TV and the computer because that's why I'm watching you on and you turn, trying to keep everything down. Huh? Yeah, turn the volume on the computer down. Just listen to me through the phone. Yes, sir. That's what I did. That's oh, okay. what I was trying to do. But I was calling because I had sent you an email later on that evening because um, to reconnect with you and to 
um, um, get help and as far as with your um your services that you provide and then you read, you was running it down. You sent me the um um your website information on Messenger off of Facebook. I'm Chrissy Johnson on there. We be talking here and there. And um I had sent me the information but I didn't know what to pick exactly um for what I might be needing. And truthfully, I need help a lot because you told me that I am a chosen one of my bloodline in the previous um, reading that you did um, in April on me. But at that that time, I didn't have the money to pay you, but I saved it up, and I want to go forward with whatever I need to do to help my family, my bloodline. And I sent you an email. I know you get a lot, so it probably... Okay. Did, I, did I respond to the email? Or, or you're no, calling sir. because you aren't sure how you should respond? I sent you the email. I mean, I re- you didn't respond. I sent you the email, and then I went back on even PayPal from the previous... Um, payments that I gave you, and I was like, that's the right email, and that has been waiting. It's been seven days. I know you're busy. Okay, I'm well, not email, trying to rush. Email me, email me again. Email me right now. And okay. About. Now, now, listen, if you are asking me for a service that you did not send a donation for, I'm not going to respond. You, you, people I, ask me about reading every day. I was waiting day. for you to I'm sorry. Uh-oh. I was waiting for you to respond because I was going to send you the donation. I just didn't know which um That's, which hold on. Hold on. That's what I'm asking you. That's exactly what I'm asking you right okay. now. Did okay. I just not respond to you? Or you didn't respond. Or are you not I'm sorry? You didn't respond. But in but I recall because I um recorded the conversation, because you told me to record the conversation to take note of everything you said. It was in my old phone, and I was just able to get in it so I could listen to it. And it's basically for ancestral services. I think that's what it was that you said in the conversation we had. Um, I just wanted to know exactly, you know, where to go and how much to send you so we can um, start... Beloved, we're, we're talking in a circle. You keep I'm sorry. the same thing, and I keep repeating the same exact thing. And when I hear you say, I wasn't sure what to choose from, that suggests that I already responded to you. Because it's not laid I'm out on my website. April. Hold on. It's not laid out on my website. <laughs> that, that, yes, sir. Beloved, how are you going to get an understanding if every time I try to explain it, you interrupt me? I'm trying I'm to tell you right now what's happening, okay? So at some yes. point, I had to have responded to you if I said, if we had a reading, you already got the information. If you and I have that ever had a reading, ever had a consultation, it's already in the email. So what you need to decide on is if it is a complete reading. 
that you need, and it sounds like you need more than that, then you either need ancestral work and divination done, or you need to have your $300 ritual divination done for those who are trying to initiate. If you do one first, the $300, you're going to do ancestral work and divination mm-hmm. next. If you do ancestral yes. divination work first, you're going to do the other one next. But those are the two options based on what you're asking me about. And in terms of me scheduling an appointment, responding, if, if you don't send a donation, I don't respond. I get, I get people every single day who ask me about reading, who ask me about initiation, who say I'm going to do that yes. process. And then I don't hear from them for 90 days, for six months. For a year. So, so I can't. That was my problem. I'm yeah. sorry. That was my problem yeah. from April. I didn't have the money right then and there to continue on. But now that I have the money, that's why I was trying to contact you through the email so I could um, start, you know, my process with you. Because you did say I need ancestral work. But also, I need to be initiated because I'm chosen. Yes, beloved. In which I don't have no problem with none of that. I was just trying to contact you so we can start this and see if you think my email. But I understand that you don't respond unless you 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 unless you, you know what I'm saying you get paid. I just didn't know what the to start as far as the payment with you to start this. That's all. Yeah, I, I'm I'm confused because I, I heard you say I didn't have enough money. You, you didn't have enough money for what? And if you for were able, April, oh, no, it was. Oh, no, you're not listening to me. You, you're not listening. I'm sorry. So if you didn't have enough money, enough money for what? That that was suggested to say. That would suggest that you save up for a specific service. Yes. And, okay. and if we have had a reading before, if we've had a consultation before, that information is already in the email. People who contact me for the very first time versus someone who's contacted me five times, the email is exactly the same. Exactly the yes. same. All I do is copy and paste. Very rarely do I change up my words. I might say, yes, beloved, I'm here for you. I'll be more than happy to help you with your appointment, with your ancestral work, with your initiation. And then I copy and paste the same exact document. Complete readings, number one, are. Ancestral work, number two, is. So that doesn't change so you're either going to do ancestral work and divination, or you're going to do a initiation consultation. And mm-hmm. when you send your donation, I automatically get an alert from PayPal. And from okay. that point, I then send you your appointment. Okay. Now, if you need to I send me an email, I'm going to send you exactly what I just said. Complete reading yes. costs A, B, and C. Ancestor work is A, B, and C. 
Yes. I just didn't see in the I know the, the the emails are all connected like as far as um a like reference to but I didn't see it on there from what you sent me. So I'm gonna just go back and dig more into it. I will be contacting you shortly and stuff like that. Just send an email. Just send an email. Okay. And, often, and often I will take a person's email and then send them a PayPal alert. But most, okay. people, ignore, most people ignore that. So I'm not sure. How I kind of got a new phone. I kind of okay. got a new phone. I don't know how to work. I'm okay. sorry. Okay, well, send me an email, and I'll respond to you today. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm here for you. Thank um, you. Craig Burns, no. Craig Burns, no. The two don't really have a connection to each other at all. Um, Alugaru is about shape-shifting, really. It's about... Uh, some would even say alien contact with humanity and the ability to sort of take on wolf life, wolf man life, where werewolf, where creature life attributes. Um, there are other spiritual manifestations that have to do with sleep paralysis, sleep walking, but, but the two don't really um don't really intersect with one another. Uh, now, Lachere, um, okay, I don't see you on the phone. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, I appreciate you all. It's been, it's been a great two hours. I'm going to move it forward. Thank you so much, Hugo Cultism and uh, Christy and um, all of those who've called in and participated and, and been active uh, co-hosts and participants on, on the show today, I certainly look forward to being present with you here again uh, tomorrow at high noon U.S. Pacific time for another powerful edition of Revolutionary Voodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. Remember that all is truly and indeed a blessing. Until next time, be safe, be peace, be love, and by all means, do the work. <laughs> do the work.
Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double 
cross and capitalism the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, 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 being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart Beat, heart, beat, heart, beat at this place, at this place, beat, heart, beat, beat, we beating place in new world space, beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace, our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be bonza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate with out Hello. of us. Whoa. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the 
people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat. Congo Square. Beat. 